Now, have you have you ever? Do you know anybody that's done ayahuasca? No, I actually know people that have done DMT. But okay. I think I think it's like. But also, I would for, do for I would me. Do I'm DMT. like I'm, I've already gotten. I wouldn't do that because again, I'm prone to the mental. So I, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't go. I'm, I'm not gonna do anything that intense because I don't want to. I feel like I'm a hypochondriac. Thing. I'm like, yeah, I'm probably I probably have that shit too. Cause I'm, I'm a, I feel like a, a psychopath. You know, but I feel like everybody talks to himself. You know what I mean? Like the sure. the main I mean, person I talk to is me. Like out loud, just crazy. I do shit. that too. But it's like like the, I threaten to fight myself once. Well, a day. <laughs> well, that that's you know that's probably something there. You should probably yeah. talk to something. About. <laughs> that's that's a little that's a little weird. Uh, but like it's a little a little bizarre. Uh, but like you know, it's just honestly the the biggest uh, read on that is if you're still. So, life insurance, most people don't know, because it, I always tell people, it's like, everything's technically a fucking pyramid. There's a CEO, there's an owner of everything, you know what I mean? It seems like such a rationalization. That's the rebuttal that's that's like everybody what, This is what, says. like, Bernie Madoff would say in his yeah. jail story. He's like, well, everything's a pyramid scheme. Yeah, everybody, everybody, everybody kind of does. But when you break it down and look at it, it's like... Ours is just the best pyramid scheme. Is, I guess I should say that. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> just what every pyramid. I really feel like I'm in the. I feel like the FBI is gonna knock down these doors any second here. No, they came last month. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. So so with insurance, I think you know you have to get a license to sell insurance, and you have to renew it annually and things like that. Okay. There's, there's a legal department that's associated with insurance right. as well, the Department of Insurance, and there's a national. Uh, legal department to the extent of the national organization, which you wouldn't fucking know or care. But uh, I have life insurance. It's all ba- so yeah. yeah. So life insurance, it's it's pretty legit, but it's all it's it's hard as fuck. It's just the this this place is so interesting because it's Saturday. I walk in. There's just ten people that look like they sell steroids at Lifetime yes. Fitness, and I'm like, yeah. what the fuck is this place? Yes. You have a dope podcast studio in the middle of an office. Yeah, and I was like, three of them do. Um, yeah. So not all ten, but yeah, but <laughs> but with but. With insurance, yeah, it is. It's it's culty. It's uh, well, sales in general is very. It's, so it's a very alpha bro kind of thing. What I don't like about sales is everybody's insane about their their thing. You know what I mean? What it is like vacuums, yeah, and wh- whatever it is, they're so. It's good to be that bought in where you have such a level of passion where it's like oh, you'll good, argue, yeah. fight, you know, kill your grandmother over like them disrespecting your product or your company, right? Grandma, fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, for sure, for sure. But I, I like more of the open-mindedness. I, I fucking love movies, so I'm more of like the, like Star Wars, like the Force. You know what I mean? Like the positive side. Well, I think a lot of it's like they, they tell. That's why it's a lot of comedians do sales because it's generally like if you're a good hang, like if someone just likes your energy, they'll yeah. probably be like, well, he seems like a good guy. I'll I'll buy what he's selling. Yeah. So, so that's it's like if you're kind of charismatic, honest person. But see, I don't want to get into sales during the day because it's so fucking intense. Like it says, you guys here on a Saturday. I'm like, I already put so much time and effort into comedy selling myself. Yeah. And I'm like, I want my day job to be kind of chill. I don't yeah. want it to be like. What is your day job? I work at a startup like Pro-V. Oh, okay, cool. Is it yeah. tech related? Yeah, it's like they they help bars order alcohol. Oh, okay, that, yeah. like through apps. Uh, basically, like uh, so bars they have to they can't just buy booze from like Corona, right? Like yeah. they go have to go through like a a dis, uh, distributor, and it distributors are only with certain brands. So some bars might have to call like fifteen different sales reps. Yeah, to like get their to inventory. find the alcohol. So this is just sort of like a you get man. it all. Yeah, you get it all at once. I and, just put the photos up. Okay, so you do the pictures. Shit. Yeah. So how long have you guys been around? You say you guys a lot. I just I just work there during okay. the day. You know, I'm not. Yeah. So how long's the startup been around? Uh, it was like three years. Three years. Yeah. Sounds like a pyramid scheme. No, no, no. 
It's it's a lot less sketchy than this, Lieutenant. It's real. There's, it's not a Saturday. We don't have podcast studios going on. It's not just a bunch like... of... It felt like I walked into like a TikTok hype house, dude. When I walked in, I literally was like, what's going on? I would love to see one of those. This is probably... This is what it looks like. Yeah, this is this... you are living in one. There's just a bunch of... Be- like, this is I worked like... out a little bit. I just walked in here. I felt like, oh, I'm not even a man compared to these guys everybody here. Your producer's yeah. voice, he sounds like fucking the Terminator. He's got his voice. Is he's deep got something shit. fucked up with I don't know. Like, I'm not I don't about know what's going now. on, dude. He's just he he's like a- it's right over here. I was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. It's like have my balls dropped yet? Why the fuck do I feel like I, I sound like I'm yeah. inhaling helium compared to you people? Yeah, no, he's he's nuts. He's you got nuts. this dope ass cow you got the scarface. I walk in, I'm like, this is an intense podcast, dude. Nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We pulled up the floorboards in here. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's some shit going on. Coke. Um, dope. I was listening to some of your podcasts. You did. Uh, I don't know if it was called Doing Time. Doing Time, yeah. Right. So that was cool to learn a little bit about your your history. I only got like twenty minutes into it. Yeah. So you didn't you didn't like it? No, I did. I just, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> You're like, yeah, let's go learn a little bit. I, yeah, and I'm like, I'm good. No, I no. It. I was getting into it, and I was like, there's a little bit of rela- uh, relatability there. Um, both my parents were in jail. Yes. But not mental jail, regular no, jail. Just regular criminals. Yes. They're not crazy. They just yes. wanted money. But my but my ex, my best friend, had bipolar, and he killed himself. I'm sorry to hear that, man. Thank you. And uh, and it was my ex's brother. You know what I mean? It was like my best friend, ex's brother. And it was just nuts to like see like manic episodes and no, things like that. Cause one of the most terrifying yeah. things I think a person can see. It, yeah, to experience and not know what to do. And then... I, I don't know if it was, like, preceding uh, genetic things because their mom had taken her life from the same... Yeah, it's usually pretty... Gen- I mean, it's, like, always your environment, too, but it's... Yeah. Pre- not to cut you like off, she, they can't... Genetic. Like, he couldn't smoke, and that was his issue. He would smoke, and it would, like, activate... Smoke weed? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, uh, for people that Different are prone things. to, like, psychosis and stuff like that, it's really not a good idea to be smoking weed when you're a teenager. Yeah. No one told me that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was doing a shitload of drugs. And yeah. then later, hey, I, now I feel like I'm good. Like, I pressure tested my sanity. Yeah. Because I tripped a bunch, and I'm like, oh, okay. I don't hear voices. Yeah. So I'm, I think I'm in the clear. Yeah. Well, it was, it was always, like, weird to me, because, like, especially coming up in the... Because it's been a, a new, a newer thing for me, I'd say, for the last five, five years. Because, I mean, relating to people where I think myself just experiencing the trauma that I did as a kid, it's different. Everybody's entitled to their own pains and things like that. You know what I mean? But I think people talk about it way more than even when I was here. Like, the, the brief time in my short life, it's changed a lot, I feel yeah. like. Where now people talk a little, a little more, more open-minded. Than, a lot more about, about that. Than yes. like people, before, you'd just be like, well, that happened to me, and you just keep it quiet. And yeah. if you don't heal yourself, it's also those those cycles, they keep going. Because then yeah. you're going to bring that hurt. You're going to have, like, dysfunctional relationships, yep. and that's just going to fuck you up, and then you'll probably have kids and fuck that. So it's just yeah. this endless... If you're, like, born in trauma, it's so... Because that's what you know, it's like... You kind of have to break the cycle, Yeah, you know, through, like, getting... Like, kind of healing yourself, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think, and I, and I was listening to your story, and I was, like, just thinking to myself, it was like, I'm a big advocate on, like... I think everybody's a big advocate on mental health. Like mental, yeah, no know, one's you, like pro. You should be insane. Yeah, you know, it's like, like let the die, let them die in the street. Yeah, know? exactly. But I, but I'm I'm really big on like more of the like. I think for me, it's like I'm not ever going to be smart enough to develop any type of yeah. I can't, I can't or, cure that same here. I'm like I'd love to come up with a cure, but but I think there's passion for me in like just you know making more money and having more success of like you know being able to fund different projects and ideas. That's I'm more of the proactive cool. type of guy though. Like I, I don't like to like. Let's just put needles in them. I'm more of the like, 
what can we eat or for sure i mean there's also stuff in like investing in like communities and more like it should be like like therapy shouldn't be a luxury item and it is yeah like it's like it's almost like you're bragging if you're like you're in therapy i'm like oh sweet bro you got a lot of money you know what (laughs) i mean it's like talking about having a ferrari yeah it's like you know i had i went through some you know, difficult times in my early 20s or whatever. And everyone's yeah. like, get help. And I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's not a lot. And even the free ones are usually really terrible. Yeah. You know, it's like a public defender almost. Like, the, yeah. like so it's just sort of, there's such a, like, You almost a feel bad for them. You're, like, yeah. talking. And- because it's like, they are just someone with a good heart that got a degree that are, like, so over-swamped with hearing, like, horror stories. Yeah. And it's like, they just, uh, like you said, put needles in them. A lot of the times, it's like, the especially if you're, like, broke and destitute, like, the system is just programmed to only care about the most extreme cases. They'll be like, do you want to kill yourself? Do you want to kill someone else? You'll be like, well, no. And yeah. they'll just be like, well, fuck off then. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, yeah, yeah. well, go to work. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, I'm depressed. I'm addicted to Xanax. So like, well, one of the two, buddy. Yeah. And then even then, you're going to be like a is place for it? like a week. They'll <laughs> yeah. just put you in for like a week and then they'll like drug you up and then they'll kick you out. See, I'm, and, and my big concern is like, what are the long-term effects of the drugs? Well, it depends, you know, it depends on, uh, the per, I think if you are bipolar or schizophrenic, I mean, you, you do need to be on. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah. That's, that's that's what I'm talking about. That changed my mind. So being in the sales industry for fucking five, six years, it's real big on like affirmation. I'm, I'm huge on affirmations and positive thinking and things, but that's like 40% of it. 60% of it is fucking going to work and like actually doing physical things consistently long enough to get the results that you want. It's like, you could be like. I'm going to be the next Kevin Hart. I'm going to, and just say it like 14 times a day. And it's like, if you don't go do shows, you need to, you need to have those affirmations to motivate yourself to do those. But I used to think before, like one, you know, loving somebody who experienced mental health and then, you know, building a phenomenal relationship with, 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 with somebody that had struggled with it. I used to think it was like people with mental health, you know, like severity was just like, they're just, they're not, thinking right they're not telling them they're not affirming it and yeah. then i like saw like manic episodes <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, like, you, affirmations can't help that yeah, a manic like, episode can't be solved by meditating i was like yeah. this dude is literally talking to the clouds yeah i mean it's like well stuff like that it's like that's just it's like if you were having a heart attack or something that's just yeah. a physical problem yeah that's just the chemicals in their brain literally, and i'm like and it, that also gives humility for everybody where everyone's like you know i'm a strong person i could do this it's like you are just a chemistry set yeah. If someone just adjusts you and I's dopamine level or whatever, uh, we're in the street talking to nobody. Yeah. That's 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 just you with like that's just like a misfire in their brain. Yep. So I do think like, you know, people who are that severely mentally ill, they pretty much do have to be medicated. Like lower minor depression, anxiety, you could treat that through like exercise and better yeah. diets and shit like that. But like and that all helps, but like you do need to like the manic episode, like they have to be on something because their insane. life is they can't function. Yeah, they just they won't. That's why a lot of people end up on the street. Yeah, like the like the like everyone's like it always what? offends me a little when people are like, oh, like these crazy people. And I'm like, that's like a societal failing it, that that person's just talking to themselves. On that the and it's kind of like with your story. It's kind of like it's somebody's dad. It's somebody's yeah. sister. It's somebody's. Uh, well, that's for a me, human it's like, being, and the only reason that other people don't end up in the street is they have family or something. Yeah, that's helping them. But oftentimes in these stories... That's a, a full-time job and a half. And, the and full, a half. Oftentimes in these stories, usually it's like they give up or they stop talking to them or they, you know... Yeah. Because, like, it's again, it's the wealth thing. That's the only thing that's going to keep someone like that off the fucking street. So usually yeah. that person, it's like every single person in their life is like giving up on them. Yeah. Know? 
it's draining. Yeah, it's, it's so it's draining. really yeah. It takes a lot. What about of... so like for you like growing up? You know what I mean? Just you know, I know you recently did the podcast and that was a couple years ago. That yeah. was that was yeah, that was probably, probably three years ago. But how, I, how old are you? I'm 25. Oh, okay, cool. You're young. Yeah. So, where did you you grew up in Chicago though? No, North I grew Carolina. Up in North Carolina. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, what was growing up for you like then? You <laughs> the look of fear in your eyes. Oh, no, was it was it was it ideal? Right, and yeah. so like. Uh, I would say, like, early elementary, like, relatively sort of decent. Like, it already started not great. So what part like, of North Carolina? I've been like to Topsail Island. That's like, so I was, grew up near Raleigh. Okay. So, yeah, so I have, like, a, again, a very interesting name, like, family. Dynamic, yeah. But so my mom's deaf, and she's from El Salvador. And we, my dad, like, he was sort of eccentric, but, like, probably later. It was probably, like, in his 40s that he had, like, psychotic break and, like, developed yeah. schizophrenia but so but i you know even early on in my life was, was there hard. something in hit do you did you have you done like research and like thought like what caused this like did he go through some type of trauma growing up or like no i think it's just genetic like he has like a cousin who's so mentally ill that yeah. he can't work i think it's just genetic and okay. he had like uh you know in a lot of times in these cases everyone would be like oh he was so normal until but then if you look at their life yeah he, there, there was always signs like example in his 20s he took like a random trip to africa no reservations, do? no luggage. He just got in a plane and like went to Africa. And I'm like, that's like not a normal. That's a very that's great, so it's sick. Like, that's dope as fuck. But yeah, but that's like think I, about that though. Yeah, that's like a little. That's very nice. crazy thing to do. If I yeah. just got on a plane and went to Nigeria right now, no plans whatsoever. That's almost <laughs> dangerous. No, you know what I mean. Like the fa- he like flew there and some family that he like met on the plane was like, yeah, you can stay with us because you're gonna, you know, like you have literally no plans. And it's like I know the twenty year old of you thinks it, but like yeah. think about that's kind of mentally. That's a sign that you're yeah. a little little walky. You yeah. Know? And um, but yeah, so off the gate, so because I I was born in San Francisco, and my mom's deaf, so she uses sign language. Okay. Like, you know family. it. Yeah, yeah, I know sign language. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. That's how I talk to my mom. Okay. And then uh. So I do that, and then Spanish for my other family. But then we moved to Raleigh. What nationality is your dad? He's just white. He's okay. from Wisconsin. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, he's Wisconsin. Yeah. Right he's now. whatever you know, mayonnaise <laughs> okay. or whatever. But it's just like so we moved to Raleigh, and uh, because like uh, I was exposed to these other languages, not English as much, my reading level wasn't on point. But the these schools in North Carolina they didn't think about that. They're just like, oh, you're stupid. So I got held back in first grade, and t- that first till fifth grade, I was taken to the special ed room with like for reading or whatever but it had like kids who were like autistic like, yeah drooling on themselves and i'd be in there and i'm like is there something wrong with me nobody's telling like, i feel like i'm a relatively normal kid you know yeah and i'm just with so yes. that definitely fucked up the self-esteem and then uh around like fifth grade my my dad basically started acting like just more stranger and stranger where he would basically be like think that people were following him yeah, home. Yeah, he that. would think that, you know, uh, that, like, his co-workers were, like, conspiring against him, that they're poisoning his car. Like, he started sleeping, like, near the door uh, with, a, with a knife under his pillow, thinking someone's going to, like, fuck with his car. I've done that, but not because I thought someone was... I was just like... So my dad would get really fucking drunk Mm-hmm. And come home and just start beating the shit out of everybody. Well, like, see, that's like a legitimate threat, right? Yeah, you weren't you weren't just in the suburbs. Yes. Everything's fine, and then and then literally like thinking that your co- like your coworker Sally is gonna come fuck up your car. <laughs> yeah. So he put like you know the three locks on the door, lock of the thing, and he started like just just thinking that everything was like some part of some conspiracy, like someone's against him, like yeah. about literally everything. Like example, there was a spider in the house. Yeah. Did you and, put this here? 
That's what he said. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's what he's, he yeah. asked me if I put a spider. Yeah. And that's, what, that's like a clear insight to like how psych. Like, imagine I have like terrariums of spiders <laughs> that I'm just using to fuck with. Like, that's so that's just what your brain. Like, it's like there's almost a, you almost have to admire how creative the schizophrenics are. Where I'm like, dude, how do you? What world are you living in where you're coming up with this insane ideas so quickly? Yeah. So uh, and so that went on for like for, like probably three to four years. And then my grandparents, they were from the Midwest. They, they lived in North Carolina, but they really did know how to deal with it. So there was kind of a lot of denial. Like, nobody was really talking about it as he just was, like, you know, becoming worse and worse. Yeah. And I just sort of was, like, putting up with it, always kind of, like, talking him down a lot. And he, uh, and, and because it's your dad, you yeah. don't know, as soon as your parents get arrested, you, A, anytime you're in a weird situation, you don't know that that's unusual. Yeah. Because you don't know anything else. Yeah. And then also for, like, a parent figure... Because you're supposed to trust them. At first, I thought, "Hey, maybe they're fucking with his car." He's right because they seem so gen- yeah, they, see- yeah, yeah. they seem so genuinely in to whatever delusion because they genuinely are experiencing that. That you, as a kid, you're like, "That's probably true." But the moment I realized that he had like lost, that I'm like, "Oh, you're not on Earth." It's like we were at a grocery store and he was just like, "There's a fat dude," and he's like, "You see that? They send those people out to make you feel insecure, like just a random fat dude." Which, Jesus Christ, if the guy heard that, you just wrecked the guy's feeling, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then he said, there's these, these beautiful women around, he's like, you see that? They put those out there, like, try to make you cheat on your wife. And, like, yeah. all this shit. And that's when it really clicked. I'm like, oh, you're, like, just insane. Like, you're not, because before I sort of, like, would have, like, I kind of believed some of the things you were saying. But that was the moment of, like, okay, dad's gone. He's he's left the chat. It's yeah. just, it's just me and my little brother and my mom now. Like, you're around, but you're not, you, you're, yeah. it's a vacancy sign in your brain, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, and, uh, that kind of went on for, and then he, he would just, he stole our, he stole the family car. Like he put on his uh, work outfit, like he worked at a grocery store, but he apparently like lost his job like a month ago. Yeah. And he got in the car and just like disappeared. And then I, it was like dinner time and I was calling him like to ask if he wanted something from like Taco Bell or something. He's like, Oh, I'm in Ohio. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? Ohio? He's like, I'm going to Canada. He's going to illegally immigrate to Canada. Well, not only him, but we all are eventually, so that he could work at a anarchist bookshop. Yeah, whose bookshop? So he was like super into politics. He was very like a leftist kind of guy. Yeah. He, so he was into like anarchism, like there's no bosses or anything. Okay. Like you know, there's like really hipstery. Yeah. Like coffee shop. So he wanted to go just work there, at what in Winnipeg, Canada, and he was like, "Yeah, we'll just all we'll sneak we'll we'll, we'll sneak under the river and we'll just <laughs> le- illegally live in Winnipeg, Canada, and I'll be like a part time barista." You know, <laughs> that's it's so and it's in North Carolina. The AC's broken. Our we only have the one car that you just stole, and then you're like, "Yeah, I'm Ohio. I'm good." And he was also like, and I'm sure you know, it sounds like your parents similar. They they just never uh, were even self aware or. Like, fundamentally unable to be like, oh, I'm hurting other people through my actions. Yeah. Maybe robbing the car and leaving my entire family. Yeah. That, that might hurt their feelings. Because so, like, when he came back, he was just sort of like, yeah, I was just trying to follow my dreams, buddy. Yeah. You know? So, when did you move to Chicago? I moved to Chicago when I was 21. Okay. All I, right. So, you did college? No. no. I started, uh, so, I basically, so, then when my dad got committed he afterwards came out and was kind of like, I hate you guys. He was like homeless for like a year. And then, you know, the whole crazy life situation. I was just, I was kind of an ableist kid. I was just getting, doing a bunch of drugs. Yeah. Getting fucked up for like a year or two. And I, but I always loved comedy. I always loved stand up. What got you turned on to comedy? I just would watch it. As but like who, something stood out, like a special. What, what? Man, I always, 
really just uh, like Jim Gaffigan, Gabriel Iglesias, uh, George Carlin, Louis C.K., just a lot of And what I loved about it was that when a joke hits like about something, you know, you've been frustrated with or you experience, they just they just turn it into a joke and it just felt freeing. Yeah. You know, even the slightest of things, like I was a fat kid and just even Jim Gaffigan joking about being fat. It's like, oh, I'm free now. Yeah. And so I kind of like really love that about Kyle. It's like, oh, if I joke about something that bothers me, it's like, it's kind of doesn't mess with me anymore. Yeah. And so, and, uh, I just, oh, I always was like, kind of a funny person. And like, that's kind of what I Do was. Do you think you, that was more of like, like a, an emotional deflect from. All oh the yeah. <laughs> this is a huge like coping. A dumbass question. Yeah, I yeah. know. It's like, uh, it's good. All I'm trying to do is turn my coping mechanism into a career. That's yeah. all comedy is for me. But yeah, that's why I, because it's like life. A lot of times it's just too much to take seriously. Yeah. Like it's just too much, especially like trauma. So it's like. Ever since I was young, I would just joke about the that that my life and the situation is probably yeah. to make myself cope with it. And so around seventeen, actually, I got dragged to. I was trying to get my like, life together and make like healthier decisions. And my friend was going to this like atheist church, which sounds like it doesn't make sense, but it was like a community center, kind of a cult a thing. Satanist. Yeah, no, there's just like a community center full of like annoying atheists, but they still wanted to have like the community of church. And like good life lessons or whatever and i only went the one time they had a thing about goals and like what's a goal you have and we'll put six you know we'll make a time limit who's going to help you do it who's going to hold you accountable for it and i was like i want to do stand-up comedy and they're like all right when do you want to do it and i'm like we'll do it two weeks from now and they're like I'm, i don't have a car my friend's like i'll drive you and so i gave myself two weeks yeah i wrote some jokes he drove me out to this shitty comedy club called lol that no longer exists which is in a cornfield like it was like right across this, in an outlet mall right across the street from a cornfield in rural north carolina okay and i went up first and i was so nervous my leg was shaking but every joke i said got a laugh so i was like i fucking did it yeah right and then my you know i, got, I went to high school late the next day i'm like i'm an artist i don't need to be here you know what i mean yeah and uh ever since then i was like kind of hooked on it and i just how like, old were you then 17 uh, 17 i was like close to 18 and i just kind of religiously did it all the time i met like Maddie Weiner, who's been on Comedy Central now, she's yeah. in New York, and like we, I started with a bunch of really North Carolina people. We would just drive all over the state, like trying to do it wherever. I worked just a series of shit jobs, like warehouse, call center, waiter. What and warehouse job? I worked at a place called uh, Mike Release, and I was a miscellaneous task manager. Like this comedian got me just a job yeah. there, and I would just like sweep the floors and like forklift and shit like that. Oh, and, a forklift uh, guy. Yeah, yeah. You would think it because I just look. I look yeah. like I should be like an English teacher. But yeah, and so I, then I just saved up money and I moved with like five other comedians to Chicago when I was twenty-one yeah. to just to take it to the next level. And I've just been here since. What's the biggest gig you've done? Uh, biggest gig that I've done. Well, I've like opened for Big J Okerson and uh, like Tim Dillon and other people. But in terms of people, Tim Dillon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but for in terms of, do you get uh, to like hang out in the green room with him? Yeah, I've met him. Like four or five, we went out to dinner and stuff. Yeah, yeah, met him a bunch of times. That's insane. Yeah, so that was like before he became as big as he was. Oh, okay. But uh, he um, biggest gig I, there was a comedy competition in North Carolina that I made it to the finals of where I got to perform in front of like a thousand people. So that's probably the most the biggest crowd I've ever ever done. What's your favorite experience so far? Favorite experience, man. You know, honestly, whenever someone asks me about that, it's really hard because to be like, there's just so much. There's just so many good shows that you that I get to do. Yeah. Like, I even sound like a Brett, but it's, like, even, like, the Lincoln Lodge here in Chicago or Laugh Factory, like, doing a packed room there is amazing. Like, even, you know, smaller venues like Teehee. Are you all right? 
the bomb going off? Yeah, no, I gotta go check on numbers playing. Oh, okay, it's just like, it's fucking. You know, um, but my favorite experience. Did you do a bunch of, like, masked up motherfuckers just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the FBI's coming. I mean, I'm telling Whoever's listening to this, check out this office. It is a fucking wild. Like, I, this is gonna be part of a documentary in a few years. We're actually building a bigger one. This is a wild place. Yeah. Well, Coke's been doing good. But uh, probably opening for Big J was probably my favorite. Although the crowds were fucking hot as hell. And uh, that's just the best feeling. Because it's a lot of comedy and you do stand-up. So it's brutal. You're in dive bars. It's horrible. You know? Everything good? Yeah. Yeah, your eyes look... Yeah. <laughs> if, I sh- if I showed you who... Uh, what the what my main partner looks like, you, you definitely think we uh, sell drugs. Oh, okay. Hell yeah. This is... Uh, <laughs> oh my god yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. you just looks, looks like a my i me vice episode dude. why is everyone here he looks like a pitbull just ate his weight in steroids it's yeah. fucking insanity yeah what's going on i i just what can you get just i tell me your fitness plan like, how do i look like you guys i i i have we i mean i don't know what he does i have a nutritionist you, you have know. a nutritionist yeah so i have a nutritionist bro. yeah is that is that the secret that's a little bit of the secret yeah. that's not all of it yeah I, I run every. I water like three miles a day. Running is not like if you're trying to get big. Running's not the. It's not the move. No, like I don't run at all right now. I'm trying to get big right now. So I think you're I already a pretty big gut. What are you trying to do? Become the fucking Hulk? No. <laughs> yeah. No. So I'm like, uh, I'm pretty lean, but uh, I'll probably get up to 200. I'm 190 right now, and then I'll cut down to 170. So I'll just be shredded at like 170, 180. That's so weird. You're just like your body's a machine. Yeah. I just but I've s- not I been just... able to do that without the nutrition. I just want to get abs. I want to just take my shirt off without apologizing. That's kind of where the I'm easiest at. way to do it. Is, you're small right now. Is is just to put muscle on. So muscle is like an engine. You know what I mean? It's gonna burn all the fuel. So mm-hmm. it's like I used to think myself like the running and then just make watch what I'm eating, which yes, it matters what you're eating. But what what really matters is how much muscle you have because you're not gonna run ten hours a day. You know what I mean? Yeah. But your body is gonna operate twenty four hours a day. So if you've got a bunch of muscle, yeah. It's just gonna burn fat all day long, so you can eat whatever you want. Okay, so just to get, an extent, you can eat just whatever get you jacked, want. and then it's like that'll take yeah, care. Yeah, but it's it's hard. <laughs> Step to one, get, get jacked. Yeah, and then it, well, it just takes care of itself. Get lean and then build muscle. That's See, what, I feel like I'm pretty. It's just just right here. It's like got some yeah just fat just chilling. Yeah, I, I the biggest the biggest things. Well, one, I think everybody should do blood work. I think semi annually, quarterly, you should go get every like you should go do blood work through your doctor, or whatever, and just get all your levels checked. Like your endocrine system, you know what I mean. Okay. So like and what do, your hormones. Oh man, see, I didn't have healthcare for so long. Now I do, but I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize. You know, yeah. what I, mean? I never even think about shit. Like and that. and you and you don't want to ask like some doctor that looks like retarded or something. Yeah, you know yeah. So I mean? what you want to like what ask you, somebody that's so you, like, like you just say, I want my blood work done. Somewhat, like I I work with a company and I go quarterly and get my blood work done. And if there's something off, they'll send me a vitamin or something. You know okay. what I mean? And it's all connected with doctors. So like I don't do any like. You street drink? juice. I don't drink. I'll smoke cigars. I'll smoke a little bit, but I don't do. Is that just just like complete health reason? Because you don't want to get. Or... Yeah. Well, one, my dad. I think it's probably more of like the. Oh right. Alcohol probably tastes way worse to me, maybe than the average human. Because I'm. Well, because like, your dad was an yeah, alcoholic. Yeah. yeah, that'll ruin it for you. Yeah. When so you I think when that... you see, I, it's weird because I've been around a lot of. I was like in an abusive relationship with an alcoholic, but I, st- I still I still love drinking. I don't yeah. know what it is. I, it's... I like Moscato. 
You look quite wide. That's adorable, man. Yeah, that's Scott. You look. I like. You I like look around. Head. I like, like Moscato. There's a Scarface thing behind your head. I like I'll, Moscato. I'll get a Moscato or a strawberry daiquiri. People are like drinking the strawberry daiquiri with the Scarface. People like, like that's what the fuck wild. is going on? Like, uh, they're definitely it's that gay cult coming around. I was <laughs> yeah. like, like, ah, nah. <laughs> I just want a strawberry. I got a sweet tooth, so yeah. I like the, the daiquiris are almost very rarely I'll do that, but. Oh yeah. Well, what about uh, your your own upbringing inspired you to live the life the way you're living it? Um. So I think even though like I think there's a lot of blessings in in trauma as oh, well. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? So it's like this. My dad, like, you know, I used to blame him for just being so nuts growing up. But but there, I just as I got older, I started to I, I read a lot of stoicism. You know what I mean? Stoicism. I think I'm saying that right. Stoicism. Yeah, I think that. Right. I, so I know I, what you're saying. So I read a lot of philosophical just perspective and certain things like that and how to like readjust your perspective on life and and just I'm really fascinated with that, you know. So as I got older, I started to ask myself not like what was wrong with him, but more of like, you know, what what all occurred to help create who, you know, he was and is. And the blame went from him to like his parents and then I was like, well, what made them? And then it was like, well, yeah, it went to like, their parents. It was like, the, well, I can't blame anybody. It's now. a trauma cycle. Well, it's like a lot of it is just things just happen. Yeah, exactly. And there is no, and that's, and I think that's tough, especially in these situations. Cause you want closure. Yeah. I don't, it sounds like you never really got any from your dad. I'm never going to get it. No, my dad's life. going back to jail. So I've not really ever talked to him. And then I'm pretty sure he's going to get life now. So my dad is like a compulsive liar also yeah. slash, it's funny, you know what I mean? Because I'm like really, I own a company. I'm in sales, but he's like big into like white collar crime, like fraud and, and things really? like that. Yeah. Oh, so so like, he's going life for for white collar crime. Yeah. Like so, I'll, I'll show because I'm, I'm really cool about it. I don't care. I was actually well, same. I, reading I the, the article, but like that's that's my dad. And then if you look at the first paragraph, it's forty three million dollars that he just recently. So Holy they gave him five and a half years for wait. So he just, mil. what do you do? Embezzle five million. I basically, I'm what I, from my understanding on like, cause I've talked to him a few times. You know what I mean? Out of my, out of my life, out of my whole 23 years, I've, we've probably had a solid two or three years of like consistent communication, yeah. which I know doesn't sound like much, but no, it's but a, it I does, got a it lot does when it. you have, when you have a very tumultuous relationship with your exactly. two or three years is pretty big. Yeah. So, from from my perspective and understanding, it, it was more of just like he had good ideas, and then he would convince investors, like a startup. He would convince the investors to invest, but not really like document it properly. And then, you know, with that lack of documentation, just there was no proof of funding funding back. You know what I mean? So paying back and things like that. So it'd be like, hey, I'm gonna go get these properties and flip these properties, or I've got this company I'm gonna start up. Like he started a restaurant. And uh, then I, I just don't know if it's like just because I'm from Arkansas. So I don't know if it's like I, I agree and understand like the handshake deals. But, you know, once you start moving around big money, it's like it needs to be pretty. Yeah. It's also that leaves wriggle room for some sketchiness. Yeah. Cause you can be like, oh, I don't know where that $20,000. Yeah, I don't know went. where it went. So so I think I think uh, I think I, really when I think of lessons and, and just the upbringing and how the influence to where I'm at today. I think I'm really the way I'm in because he really didn't accept like anything less than like number one. Like if I didn't win, whatever, it, I had to win everything. Everything was a race. Everything was a competition. That seems it seems to be an unhealthy mindset. That could be beneficial, but it's also you don't want to be so hard on yourself that you are yeah. so miserable. You can't. Some so I, I'm very careful when I try to coach people to that because it's helped me a lot in life. But I also see how it can hurt people a lot because 
when you if, what I've seen with people that have the unhealthy is it'll lead to disorders of just through certain insecurities of like I've had I've had that yeah well, well you go through an eating disorder yeah. you can go through just a disorder of almost like uh, social disorder where you just don't want to go and communicate with certain people I've had that with like, stand up where I was so hard on myself that even if like a tag or a part of a joke didn't work but the set was good I'd be like that's all shit yeah and I'd be like very upset yeah it. and it was like but it made me made it so that it, I was actually worse at stand up because I was so you get so in your head so in, uh, dead set on this going well that I was like more nervous on stage. Yeah. So this is when I first moved to Chicago. And I think that was just me putting so much pressure on myself. Yeah. So now it's like, for me, I have to like work hard and like push myself on goals, but I also give myself like, I'm a human. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, if that didn't go well, you're still, I'm still a person. Yeah. Even if I bomb at this show on a Tuesday to die. Yeah, exactly. I'm still a worthwhile human being. You know yes. what I mean? But when I was 21, I didn't think that way. I was That's like, what I love studying about the Stoics. Cause when you break down like, you know, what success in life, it's, it's really just being a good human being. Yeah, I think... Uh, good, and you're a human at the end of the day. Well, it's like for both of us, right? It's like, I view... I've already won. I was just telling somebody that yesterday. Like, it's like, okay, like, even like, you know, obviously I want to be like, do comedy full-time, want the Netflix special, all these things, but it's like, thinking about where I... Again, I didn't really have a day. I lived through all this intense trauma, yeah. other great, like, drug addiction, these intense things, and it's like, the fact that I'm not dead... Yeah, that's already like, a one and yeah. i have like a good job i get to do what i love it i have great friends you're alive i'm alive i like can help my family and stuff and i'm like i'm healthy i'm like that's winning i got that is a huge w i got a call from my best friend a couple weeks ago and with my mom going to jail for a year two years it like messed up her life as well and she raised us so she wasn't able to get like a real job essentially she had to work like three jobs right yeah still wasn't enough to make ends meet she it's did her not. best to love my mom we're best friends but basically my best friend called me and i i mentioned my mom working so much because i was at his house all, all the time so his mom essentially raised us definitely raised him raised me too on the side and he just basically called me text me out the blue the one, one day and we're young you know what i mean so i imagine your mom's in her 50s you know what i mean yeah so i 50, same yeah. with same with his mom and he's like can't believe this happened. And I was like, what? Is everything okay? And he's like, well, you know, my mom just, my mom just passed away. And it was just like some standard operation. And it was oh, just like, but I think scary. of that and I'm like, you never know when it's going to be your last day. Yeah, that's what yeah. you, have to, you have to, you have to just be so considerate. You know, I think that's where I like about the affirmations. I use the affirmations when I wake up, affirm positivity because I want to just start my day with, with positivity and gratitude because I know if I can put that lens on for the day, you're good. The whole day's cool. I don't yeah. care if we lose all the money, all the business explodes, whatever the uh, fuck uh, happens. Ultimately, your life is the only thing that matters. That's all. You know it's all I mean? you have. Yeah. And the only thing I really pray over <clears throat> is I converse, you know, with the, with this other dude. We talk just we just bullshit about philosophy, Stoics, all this shit, and it's like the only thing that we really have control over is our mind, and just True. praying we never lose control over that. Yeah, that's that I would, would be I the would, scariest I thing. I would in the rather world. get cancer than have like psychosis. Yeah. To because, lose because control. Because I'd, I'd rather have, like, if you lose your soul, you're done. Yeah. Well, I, that's what my buddy did ayahuasca, and I've never really gotten into, like, the, the, just the psychological drugs whatsoever. Been extremely interested in psilocybin. But I've, I've never I've, gotten I've, into the. I've tripped on uh, acid and mushrooms a lot in my early life. I did have some pretty beneficial experiences, but I do. I will say you have to be in a very good place mentally. Well, I would say that, and I yeah. would want to just note, like, I mean, they killed Mac Miller. You know what I mean? No, it's, well, yeah. I know it's different drugs, but dude, right. I'm like, yeah, you have to. You'd have to get it from like a well, mushrooms. You can't. It's not like no, you can't lace mushrooms. It's yeah. from fucking ground. So that's probably the safest bet yeah. there. But it's like 
Yeah, if you just take a small... Di it could really... I don't know. It's just something... Uh, I think that droid specifically, like, your your perspective, it's like it's like fog on a lens. Yeah. Like, the way you view life. And I think those drugs, they just wipe the... They've wiped that fog off. Like, you thinking about things, like, almost like the first time you've ever thought of them. Now, have you, have you ever... Do you know anybody that's done ayahuasca? No. I actually... No people have done DMT, but okay. I think I think it's like. But also, I, I would for, do for I would me. Do I'm DMT. like I'm, I've already gotten. I wouldn't do that because again, I'm prone to the mental. So I, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't go. I'm, I'm not going to do anything that intense because I don't want to. I feel be like I'm a hypochondriac. Trash. I'm like, yeah, I'm probably. I probably have that shit too because I'm. I'm a, I feel like a, a psychopath. You know, but I feel like everybody talks to himself. You know what I mean? Like the. Sure. The main I mean, person I talk to is me, like out loud, just crazy. I do shit. that too, but it's like like the, I threaten to fight myself once. Well, a day. <laughs> well, that that's you know that's probably something there you should probably yeah. talk to someone about. <laughs> that's that's a little it's a little weird, uh, but like it's a little a little bizarre. Uh, but like you know, it's just honestly the the biggest uh, read on that is if you're still functional. So if you if you just like talk to yourself like you're thinking yeah. out loud, we're gonna do it. That's normal. But like if you're walking down the street having a full on conversation, people and things that aren't there, and eh, that's maybe talk to somebody yeah you know like, what i mean that's 20, and it's also like you you have this podcast studio you're a very functional part like it's mainly when you can't function anymore. yeah that's how we know there's a problem yeah you know a lot of inconsistency in the, the conspiracy of like everything's against you yeah well you just literally you won't be able to operate as a person yeah because i mean you'll be so psychotic you're gonna steal a car and drive to Canada. like yeah. you you won't be able to you're you're just so caught you're like over it's like kind of being permanently stuck in like a bad trip yeah. Like you're on drugs or something. Now that's what worries me is the, those permanent trips, essentially. You know what I mean? Like where just something just dislodges or something and you're just stuck. Yeah. If you're prone to any sort of mental illness, you shouldn't be. That's why I don't take them anymore. And I feel like I've gotten all I can from those. And I'd rather like I'm in therapy, I work out and I'm like, those, those give me the same sort of introspective and good yes. feeling that I would get from those yes. drugs. Like there's like a quote from like, uh, forget the name, but he's like, when you get the message, hang up the phone. So it's mainly about psychedelics. Yeah, like it's like, hey, when you get when you learn your lesson, just chill. Yeah, you don't need it. I like that because it's for a lot of you know younger people, they use it as more of like a party thing. Which like, if yeah. you want to have fun, have fun. But for me, it's like if I'm if I'm gonna, I can't lie to myself and be like I'm taking this to find who I am because I'm like I feel like I've realized everything I can from those things. Yeah, yeah. And I'd rather just implement it day to day, like in my lifestyle. Are you so close with your mom? Yeah, I'm very close with my mom. Does she stay in North Carolina? She does. Yeah. What about your little brother? A little brother. Yeah, he's in school. High school? He's co in college. College? Yeah, yeah. What's he going to school for? Uh, ASL translating. What is that? Uh, American Sign Language translating. Oh, okay. I forget cool. not everyone knows that acronym. Yeah. So, yeah, he's trying to do He does music, too. It's just Wh a cool... What instrument? Or... It's like a, It's kind of like lo-fi. Like Dude, I've been listening to like lo-fi songs. Yeah, it's like stuff like that. It's kind of like still woozy sort of yeah. style. Yeah. That's dope. So, how did he handle everything? You know, I think because I was older, I bared a lot more of the brunt of it. Um, but he was like, I think he was a little less extreme than me, but it definitely, you know, fucked him up and affected him in some way. I think that's why he also has like the music, I think is his creative outlet. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, he never, I don't think, I mean, we were getting fucked up together as like teenagers and stuff. But I think he ultimately had a little, little bit of a cooler head on his shoulders, maybe because I was dealing with things more. Yeah. But it's still, you know, it stuff like that that's just going to affect every aspect of your life you know yeah. what i mean like especially for me like in relationships like you don't know how to have a healthy relationship with somebody like if you're a, a kid and you basically learn okay this is what love is my needs don't matter i just cater to somebody else yeah. and fundamentally like it's gonna fuck you up or a you're gonna be attracted to unhealthy people yeah you're gonna be attracted to unhealthy situations 
because that's familiar to you. That's what is home. And then also, that's my big problem of like, oh, I don't stand up for myself because like on some some level I've been taught to be like, oh, that's no, just take care of that person, you know, do whatever they want out of like fear, basically. Yeah. So it's like that'll fuck you up in a relationship where it's like, well, who wants to be in a relationship with somebody who's like a, you know, like a doormat, basically. (laughs) Yeah. That's not fun. Yeah. Facts. So how long have you, you've been doing comedy now for seven, eight years? Uh, I six kind of minus COVID. I didn't do it for like a year. Okay. Because of COVID, yeah. Was that year harder on you? That was pretty rough. Uh, was got... hard. That's a stupid question too. It's like, who? Yeah, who was having COVID? fun? Yeah, it was COVID. Like, yeah, oh, this is locked awesome. up. That was not a good year. No. So my grandfather died, and he took cook like helped my. Uh, it's all good, you know. He helped like my mom. But so my mom lost her house. Uh, I had to get my mom a new house. I had to kind of, my dad was living with my grandparents. I had to kind of figure a lot of the, I had to figure out a lot of very intense things within like, within like two weeks. It was like COVID happened. Grandfather's dead. Bob's losing the house like two weeks. And I just dealt with all that. And then I was just back in North Carolina, like working from home, my job, drinking every day. and just dealing, dealing with it. You know, it was like life just transformed like that. So that was very rough. I mean, for everybody, but that year was, Especially for me. I was in bad. Lincoln, Nebraska when it hit, and nobody took it serious ever. Not not even when, like, it legally closed down? No, they didn't close down. Really? I, th- it was, it, I thought it was, like, a nationwide thing. No, not there. Really? It, that was, it, Lincoln, Nebraska is, like, the West. I was, like, the one black person that's, like, not really black. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel that, too. Just sometimes yeah. I walk into a small town, I'm like, I know this place is fucked up when I'm diversity. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But they're just like, oh, Jew, Armenian, Arab, whatever we want them to yes. be, you know? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, so I was like, yeah, this is weird. Yeah, no. In North Carolina, they, 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 they cared kind of. So it was, uh, it was didn't wild. They sw- did they can switch or something? I don't follow politics, but didn't they? They have a republic. They have a they have a democratic government. It's like a purple state, so it's like it's not necessarily red. Or, it's a swing state. It's like you know they voted for Obama twice yeah. over there. So it's like it's a uh, especially the Raleigh area. It's got three big colleges there. That's a pretty progressive like area. I could see that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they got like, that big party school. To, uh, what? What's there's that? a bunch of them. They got Coast NCC- Carolina. Coast oh, Carolina. Yeah. E- ECU is like you get a degree in Xanax over there. You know? Yeah. Everyone I know that goes to ECU is their stories are not going good. Yeah. It's just it's just getting fucked up for four years. I'm like, Jesus. That's a I didn't go to college because I was just like chasing stand up and stuff. And a part of me is just like I've been chasing the cult life. You've been chasing the cult. But I'm also like I make good money during <laughs> Hey, the day. yeah, it's worked out for me. I'm like it's worth say where I'm like, okay, what do I need did I need to go in debt to get a drinking problem? I could just get a drinking problem. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where I'm that's like, what I tell people. Is like, that's an expensive party. Are it's you a ready very, for I don't it? like, everyone's like, I mean, imagine owing like $60,000. But I don't beat up people at the same time. Like I had my knee operated on in December and I'm like, I wouldn't just, you know, have Joe Schmo from the fucking corner no. cut my knee open. No, so it's mean, like, people I, are like, you're just, you're just in sales and that cult. You just want everybody to come work for you. And I'm like, yes. But no, I was yeah. like, we need doctors. No, yeah, I think if you have a plan, like, I'm going to go to college to become this, that's good. But when people are like, oh, I don't know what I want. And I'm like, well, then don't go into life-ruining debt. I don't know what I no- want. Purchase. Yeah, My- yeah, I'm not going to go into, like. That doesn't make any sense to me either. It's like, you can go to school and just just immerse yourself in hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt, but you can't, you can't get a car, you know what I mean, without yeah. a co-signer, or you couldn't take a loan out and start a business. They really, they fuck with you. Like, say, I, it's hard for me to get, like, a personal loan. Like, they're so stingy about that. But it's like, 
Yeah, like, oh, yeah, you can just go and, like, ruin your life if you're not careful. Dude, and I saw something, it was kind of conflicting. It made me think, and it was like, it was like the Student Loan Forgiveness Act or something. It's like, we're just going to let them not have to pay or something like that. And it was like, you know, but it was like, we have the Student Loan Forgiveness Act, but, which, school is a choice, but cancer isn't. Why don't we forgive people? Oh, well, yeah. Like, medical, like, you're oh, talking yeah. about. No, there like, should be, like, I mean, yeah, there should be universal health care. Yeah, it's, it's like, like completely immoral that we do. It's like, it's like, one of the most, except. I think, like, as immoral as it gets, that I, I can't believe... And I, no sane person could be like, oh, yeah, if you can't afford treatment, you should just be dead. Yeah, you that's should what, That's what you're saying. Yeah. That's what the... Like, in my life, all every all credit... My credit's bad. Every financial issue I had is because I didn't have health care. Like, I got into a car accident. I was 19. I had to go to the emergency room, and I just owed them, like, $5,000. <laughs> yeah. Just didn't pay it. Didn't have the money. And Dude, then, it's like and, you look at the hospital, and they're like, yeah, that'll be a grand. You literally, literally, if you walk into emergency room for like with no insurance, it's gonna be a thousand. I hear an ambulance is like About ten plus bands or something. Yep, it's pretty fu- fuck you up, dude. So it's like the fa- even my current job right now. If I lose this job, a I wouldn't be able to. You know, I like take like you know medication for sleep and shit like that. Well, I can't do that anymore. Yeah. hundreds of dollars now. So it's like so that goes to the original conversation. That'll about, fuck you up too. Is not being able to sleep like. Yep, the the long lose. term, really yep. the short term, long term, however. A maybe. day or two is terrible. Yeah. So I've, I've st- struggled with like insomnia and shit. So it's good that I have like meds for it now. But it's like, yeah, if I lost my, if I don't have the money, I wouldn't be able to function to do this. And I think that's fundamentally insane and cruel. And no, no functional society should operate like that. I had a comedian on yesterday and we were talking about this. He was, he's a pharmaceutical comedian his mm-hmm. name's uh doctor of comedy murray shaw oh okay i don't know interesting guy i've never heard of him, yeah chicago yeah. has a million people ten, yeah. i think it's 10 million people in the metropolitan area is that true I 10 it... million people aiden, we, we look at the producer like you know he's just like i don't know uh yeah <laughs> aiden mini jamie that, yeah 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 you really, really jamie him, dude yeah that's fucking that is insane um, but yeah, I, I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense to me. Cause I was like, I'm thinking to myself, like insulin and diabetes. And it's like, you know, nobody like just signs up. Yeah. All right. Maybe the people that overeat, but like for schizophrenia, it's like, nobody's nobody like, si- no one signs up to get cancer. Yeah. It's like, no one signs up to have, ah, I think I want cancer next month yeah. to ruin my whole life. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like, I got this joke about whatever people are like, they complain about cancer system. They're like, Oh, you win lines forever over there. I'm like, yeah, but you know, what you get to the end of those lines, fucking healthcare. Like I, that's like the best deal ever. I'd camp out for it in an instant. You know yeah. what I mean? My yeah, first absolutely. three people in line get to meet your grandkids one day. Speaking of your jokes, I was looking at some of your jokes too. And I like the, uh, the gun control and it's like, oh, yeah, thanks. we, I, it's on social media. So yeah. You yeah. Can, yeah. You, you can, re- you do it. Cause I okay. will fuck it well, up. I, I was basically <laughs> saying that I figured gun control out. Like if, uh, if you post on Reddit more than once a day, you're not allowed to buy a gun. Right? You're not allowed <laughs> yeah. to buy a gun. And if you don't know what Reddit is, you get two guns, right? You just keep doing it. And that's why I can never understand why we couldn't stop more of these mass shootings. Cause they're all done by nerds. Yes. Like those are the easiest people to stop. Like we should just make the safety on every gun a bra strap. <laughs> so we should do, you know, <laughs> or the one question. And just make, make the background check. One question. Did you go to prom? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Like, is it, like, you should own a gun. You're cool. You're not going to yeah. shoot up a school. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, you know, maybe, maybe someone a little more nerdy looking, done. Dude, I don't know who sent it to me. Somebody sent me this TikTok. These, you you post them on TikTok, too, right? Yeah. Bro, somebody sent me this this comedian. I don't know who it was, but they had this bit. And uh, I don't know. It's on TikTok, so I feel like I'm not ruining it. Uh, but it was, like, they were on with like some radio show host and yeah. it was like they're featuring her like, all right, we're going to let you, you know, tell this lady she won these tickets on a radio show, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know if it was completely staged. And he was like, 
Hey, welcome to 93.7. Just letting you know, Tiffany, your uh, kid's school was just carpet bombed. Oh, my God. <laughs> she, this lady starts screaming. She's like, ah! And I was just, oh, I'm like, funny. I don't know if this was staged. If it was, this is phenomenal. This that's is absolutely wild. hilarious. That's crazy, man. Yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the social media—it's uh, it's a pretty good, uh, pretty good, pretty good uh, tool for comics. It's so for sure. needed for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Everybody should—I think people should care less about what people think, and just fucking go on there. And not oh, like I think social media can be deadly for for the individuals that like my like myself, where you have that. If you don't know how to balance it, but if you have that ultra competitive mindset, which I just use it as a tool, I'm not even there fucking. I'm like I post yeah, this video. Yeah, will. Fuck off. I think people they they'll either one take the comments too seriously, or they'll believe every 14 year old with a Lamborghini has a Lamborghini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you can't take that, especially if you're doing comedy. It's like, dude, I've had horrible con. You know what I mean? People because people on the internet, they, they they there's a screen between you, so people can really shit on it. And you're like, oh, but yeah. I'm also like, okay, not I, not gonna be liked by everybody. Yeah. There's also 10 comments that are like, this guy's hilarious. So you're like, yeah. who gives a fuck? You know? Oh, that's the best, dude. Like, all my TikToks. Yeah. That's the best. So, now, when did you, I want to connect the details. When did your dad get committed? Uh, so, that wasn't until years later. So, like, basically, in, like, fifth grade is kind of around when it started. But he wasn't committed until I was, like, in ninth grade. And, and it then was how long did he stay in? Only, like, a week and a half. Because oh. that's, that's all they're going to do. And, it, well, it was, like, basically, like, so, and I basically had to, like, convince my grandparents to do it. And it was kind of a thing where, like, they... He, like, kind of, like, ran off the day before, but then he came back to my grandparents' house, and, like, you know, like, four cop cars came, and they just kind of politely asked to them. Because you, you, could, you could commit someone against their will if you think they're a threat to themselves or somebody else. Right? Yeah. So then my grandpa had to go, like, sign that. At a so court. committed, we mean, like, 302? Like, like a cop is going to take them and put them into, they call it, like, a evaluation thing for 72 hours. They kind of talk to you, see what's up. Yeah. And obviously, they talk to him, like, all right, this guy's a little, little nutty. Yeah. And so, he was there for, like, a, a week and a half because, for the most part, these facilities are very underfunded. They don't have a lot of, like, yeah. uh, you know, resource stuff like that. So, if you're not an immediate threat, basically what they did is they just meted him up, give him a script, and be like, hey, go to this therapist every week. But yeah, there's no, there's no, uh, accountability. You don't have to do, it's not like they're going to arrest you if you don't do these things. Yeah. He didn't commit any kind of crime. Yeah. So he just, you know, threw those pills in a trash can, was pissed at my family and just like was homeless for like a year. He just like disappeared. And so, then he just like reappeared later. Is he reappeared or disappeared right now? Oh yeah, I know. He lives with some roommates in, uh, Durham. And then you guys... We talk, uh, it's kind of like, kind of like an ex that you're cordial with. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of more like, all right, yeah, we're cool, but we're not. Is he doing better? Uh, he's doing better, but I, I, uh, part of that, it's also like, I don't talk to him that much. So okay. I don't know. Yeah. He, he like delivers Uber Eats and like, he lives a functional, he was actually, he's probably doing the best since the whole thing happened because he, he pays his rent. He has like a little bit of a job, but he's also, you know, I don't necessarily know how much medication he's taking or something so he's also like a little off you know yeah yeah now did your mom still talk to him uh i mean he'll like some because he visits like my little brother and stuff oh that's dope yeah yeah so so yeah so now what about your vision you know what i mean like what's your yeah so again i'm just trying to uh do comedy full-time uh through like podcasting and stand-up like i'm always around what's your podcast like what's it about 
I have a podcast called Fuck You Dad that's about hey, actually you want to come on sometime and yeah. talk about your dad. Yeah. Feel free. But it's uh it's that's filled at the Lincoln Lodge. We basically talk to people about crazy dad story. We've had Mark Norman on, we've had Dan Soder yeah, on. Dude, I got some crazy and, ass dad and stories. Yeah, so we just uh talk to people about crazy dad stories. Um and it's just sort of like I just uh yeah, just trying to make a living through stand up and podcasting and it's like, you know, ground like I go out, headline shows in like Iowa City, yeah. Lincoln, shit like that, like go over there and do wherever I can. And yeah. so that's pretty much, it's like I'm little by little making more money, getting be able to do more time on stage. And it's like pretty much just, um, taking that to the next level, like wanting to, you know, move to New York. Yeah. And just every, kinda, uh, it seems like 80% of the comedians I talk to is like New York. Uh, it's kind of the stand up Mecca. It's just where a lot of Chicago's huge as shit though. Con Chicago is huge, but I'm saying like you can, like my friend Maddie, she's through booked on like three shows a night to do, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like you can just. It's just Chicago's big, and with the internet, you could theoretically make it anywhere. It's just you'll see people that are, like, the same level of you, same talent-wise, but they're on Conan just because they're near – they're near yeah. those things. who you know and who knows you. Right. So it's just sort of like a lot of people in Chicago, even though they're hilarious and you're doing good shows, you're still, like, technically nobody, and, they like, you don't have a following. You can't, like, sell tickets. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just sort of like I think a lot of people – for because if you're at the top of – New York, LA. You you will have, you will have a career. You will have yeah. And and then with that, that's how you could sell tickets on the road. As a comedian, it's mainly just about how can I build a following to get people to come out to see me. That's it. Now, are all comedians like immediately two or three points better on the dating scale because Pete Davidson got with, with, uh, with Kim. I mean I mean maybe with that I, I feel I feel like in my life personally I've always been able to swig way out of my league whenever comedies like on the apps women are like yeah whatever but if you see me at a show they're like oh this is fucking especially if you're like kind of decent looking as well like, yeah it's one of the most confident peacock dances you could do you went on stage yeah you're funny you're confident you're like oh that's what I are you gonna like do well, I, any guy I just beat <laughs> in yeah. competition you know what I mean what do you do you just I feel like if you I was own a boat I'd be like yeah, you saw Pete's with, uh, or you saw Kim Kim's with Pete. You know, she knows what's up. You know. So. Yeah, it was it was kind of a hero. <laughs> I mean, it was like him, like planning like first steps on the moon. Like he, yeah. you know, he fucked her for all of us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every comedian, you know. So yeah, listen, every sad sad boy comic, yeah, get some tattoos, just do it. You know. Yeah, dude, that's hilarious. Especially with Kanye coming back. That's insanity. That like, I, can you imagine Kanye West like threatening to fight you on the internet? Yeah. Because Pete Davidson's already insane. He has like a lot of mental health issues. Yeah. So it's like, I wonder what his story is. Yeah, you know, honestly, I always I hear his story and I'm like, that ain't shit. Because it's oh, like, oh, your dad that. died and I, I'm sorry, but your dad, your dad, there's probably points in your life where you wish your dad was dead. Oh yeah. Right? Like you had to be traumatized, <laughs> your father. It's like your yeah. dad died when you were young and you were raised by a single mom and you had like a tumultuous life or whatever. But it's also like. I don't know. To me, that kind of sounds like it's not yeah, hard. If if it's real young, it's almost like it don't like didn't even happen. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right. Because like, I feel like my my life didn't really start until I was like seven. Do you know what I mean? Like I my memory dude, started I, like seven. Do you, I don't even seven. Like <laughs> eight, nine. I don't even know. Yeah, it's all like, right especially right. with trauma, it fucks with your memory. Yeah, it's a real thing. You have like dual memories. Yeah, you, with uh, because, and I didn't I didn't even realize that till I was in therapy, and she's like, "What about this age?" And I'm like, "I don't fucking remember." And you're like, "Yeah, that's trauma." And I'm like, "Oh." Cause yeah, it's just I don't a fog. It'll, like these stories I'm talking to you about my dad. I, one from like fifth grade, and then we're talking about another story from like ninth grade. I'm like, oh, there's just three, four years that are very foggy. Yes, and that's because it's so intense that your brain's like, we can't. Yeah, we can't, we can't process, save, we save yeah. these. You know, we're fuck overloaded, no. dude. Yeah, fuck no.
So what are you, what are your hobbies outside of working? I like uh, so like I like I like running. I work it out. I uh, I practice Spanish. I think that's it's kind of I don't yeah. know just helps me connect with my family. I, I think do it's a fun thing. There you go. It's a good starter one. You know, yep. you can work. Uh, I think it, that kind of helps me out. Um, and then mainly just you know I like like watching TV, just like hanging out with friends and shit like that. Uh, any movies or shows that you really like? Uh, I mean, it's kind of hat, but I lo- I love like Breaking Bad and like Better Call Saul. Those are probably yeah. some of my favorite shit. I think it's just a well written, great drama that's also funny. I don't think points. I've gotten into them, but I feel like you never seen Breaking to? Bad. You got no. the, you would love Breaking Bad. If you got like the Scarface behind you, but Breaking yeah. Bad is one of the I think one of the best shows of all time. Yeah, it's just it's you know it's about like a beaten down, uh, fucking chemistry teacher. He was almost like the head of this company, but he left it to start this family. No one in his life respects him. He just had this bullshit marriage. He gets cancer, and then as a way to support his family, he starts, like, cooking meth with one of his former classmates. But then he kind of gets high off, like, the power of, like, selling drugs. He slowly becomes, like, a scar. Literally, it's like a nerdy, white dad, yeah. but slowly becoming, like, a Scarface figure. I gotta be careful. And it's careful. fucking great. It's a great show, dude. When I watch these power movies, I, it probably does it for everybody. But I really, like, inhabit the movie. Well, we all... The reason I think mafia movies and, like, crime movies are so Honestly, popular, every movie. And we all live vicariously through... Especially because a lot of people in their lives, they don't feel like they have agency. They're yeah. like... They go to an office, boss shits all over them. They feel, like, powerless. Yeah. And there's something about, like, the Scarface guy. He doesn't take shit from anybody. Yeah. That's, like, true power. Like, Sopranos or whatever. Yeah, that, yeah. that person is in charge of their life. Yes. Nobody is fucking with it. And yeah. so I think... That's why people kind of get off on. That's like such a crazy feeling, especially yeah. men. Yeah, like absolutely. because it's like there's like that's probably the most alpha thing a human could be. Yeah, is so like, and if you feel sort of powerless or feel like you're not there, that's you know. Now, what about food? Any f- any food? Yeah, I like food. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's no. the base. <laughs> like do you, you interview people a lot. You're like, you like food or whatever. Like, geez, great question. I love food, man. Uh, no, like I was favorite fa- restaurants or anything like that. Favorite restaurants, like in Chicago. Huh. I went to this place called Barciana the other day, which is pretty yeah. nice. It's a pretty fancy place. But uh, I do. I love. Uh, I love food from all. I like Indian food. I like uh, like a lot of Latino, food, like Puerto Rican, Mexican, Salvadorian food. I like fried anything. Yeah, you know, I just fucking uh, I was fat as a kid. I love food. I never yeah, understand when people are like, oh, I don't. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I, I don't understand. I got a people. fucked up sweet tooth. And I'm a, I'm more of a salt guy. I could do both. I, I'll mix them. There we go. I um, love that because uh yeah I'm more of a fried, especially the south. Like just give me some like like shitty bar food. Peak. Yeah. Peak. Yeah, it's absolutely, amazing. dude. Absolutely. Have you traveled any cool places? Yeah, I've been to uh been to been to like I went to the trip with my grandparents to like Europe when I was uh in eighth grade. Yeah. I went to like Spain. I went to the Rock of Gibraltar, which is this island off of Spain where they have I talked to this girl from Spain. I loved Spain is wild. Spain's it's super cool. fun. Spain's they they have they, it's feels like first off the sun doesn't set to like eleven and then people just fucking they literally they take like a nap in the middle of the day. She told me and they're like, just out till like nine. They like her, party. From her explanation, she said Spain is like the high class Mexican. Well, I, like, I mean, that's kind of a racist. Yeah, she made, yeah. definitely made it seem kind of racist. Yeah, yeah. She, was, they she are, like talked down on all other. They're, Spanish. they're pretty. She was like, they're pretty racist. Yeah. She was like, "We're the best out of all the Latinos." Well, first off, they speak Spanish like they're dumb. They have like they sound like you know British English sounds cool. Yeah. It, I, that is not. They have like a lisp when they talk. Yeah, she would always make because I try to speak a little bit of Spanish. No, they have like a lisp. Be like, like Mendoza, and it's like you sound sick. Yeah. You sound like you have a condition. Yeah. You don't sound cool. You sound hilarious. 
it's embarrassing. I can barely dissect like the difference. They sound they. It's like basically like they're like if you really listen to a lot of Spanish, they sound like they have a lisp. Yeah. Like they all sound like like a nerdy guy with a lisp. Will you ever do any Spanish shows? I Spanish is it. I think being you with comedy, you would be very good with your words. Yeah. And I don't. My Spanish is like I could have like a decent conversation with somebody. But I would, I would love to get to a point where I could perform in Spanish. But I would, I would. Uh, would that potentially hard. like double your money? If you yeah, do bo- it's both more or more opportunities. Now, does Iglesias? He's fucking. He can do both. Right? Yeah, I think he does. But I think he probably, he probably mainly performs in English. English yeah, I, but yeah. I think he has done shows in Mexico and stuff yeah. like that. So, you have any favorite books? Favorite books? Uh, man, I'm blanking on it right now. But I, I, I love People's History by uh, Howard Zinn. It's good. A book about the United States and just kind of the yeah. dark truth of everything. Um, Do you think and, it's the real truth? Well, I mean, it just literally is, you know. But what if it isn't? What, what you, I mean, it's basically just talking about like slavery and shit, like, oh, okay. and, like the genocide of the American. It's not a conspiracy. What do, you think, what do you think about people that don't believe in like major historical events? That you're kind of just insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think they have like a mental issue? Like, people oh that no, are, like, well, sane people can believe in crazy th- like, 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 no, like people that denounce like talk- the Holocaust. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. You're just like a a bigot who's been talked to do a crazy because uh, what what motivation do you have to not believe at all or like 9-11 yeah i mean like yeah like that happened. like now either, you can talk to thousands or, or, of people in new york or more of the conspiracy of like 9-11 was i grew up believing 9-11 was an inside job because my dad was having a conspiracy and he would play like 9-11 shit when i was like a little kid yeah it, like, so you were indoctrinated in, with it into my brain dude i was like watching that like it was like really i remember i had like the we had this thing called the sharing stick at elementary school and fridays and other kids would get it and they'd be like fast grass robs is awesome dude. and shit i would literally i was talking about tower seven like now there's this thing called tower yeah. seven that's up like a block away from the twin towers that collapsed at the same time yeah it's so the big conspiracy is that they they, there was something in there that they wanted to hide. They blew it up. So I was like talking about how nine eleven was an inside job. It's like a kid. Yeah. Because it's just I believed it until I was a lot older, and I was like, oh. I looked into some other information. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, probably just happened. I like to, and it's kind of fucked up, but I like to like airdrop like crazy pictures when I'm in like big crowds, just fuck with people. Okay. And uh, thank God I switched it up. But I was at the airport recently, and uh, it's going to a company event. And I'm an I'm an owner. It's like a franchise. So our company's like State Farm. You know what I mean? Damn. So like you can go ha- own your own State Farm. So I'm an owner. So there's a lot more light on me. And uh, we're going to this event. And I'm at the gate. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm bored. It's fucking 6 a.m. Let me just send a picture. You know what I mean? Airdrop. See if anybody. Just to laugh. People's Wait, reactions. Wait, where do you send? Who do you send it to? I just, you just airdrop and it. it just populates all these. Like anybody, oh, that has I did. Air. I didn't know that you could just send random photos. So you can just send random, like you can just airdrop, and anybody that has their airdrop on, they'll it'll say that's, receive. That's hilarious. And so, <laughs> so I love doing this. And my first thought was like, I'm gonna look up the, I'm gonna look up the twin tower. You're gonna airdrop photos of not. Of I didn't. I don't know if that's I should pretty, even be saying this. Bold. That's pretty bold. It's six <laughs> in the morning. Just yeah, airdrop like, photos of nine eleven. No, I can't do. It. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty is, crazy. The humor's too dark, and I'm like, it's almost like. It's almost like the N-word. Like, only black people can say it. So I feel like there's certain jokes that I feel like you have to have, like, like the, the card. You, know, yeah, you have to have yeah, the yeah. comedy you gotta, card. You gotta be, you gotta, you gotta be, a be, legit be from comedian. New York or something to, yeah. to, to, to be joking about 9 So yeah. I was like, not gonna do that. So instead I looked up a picture of, like, O-Block. And it's like, O-Block, and it has, like, the address and a phone number. And I, like, crop it so it looks like a contact. It's oh, my God. And I airdrop it, and I get an immediate text back 
from one of like the high up union of so we're a unionized life insurance company makes this even more of a legitimate scam. Yeah. So <laughs> I get an immediate text with the picture and a bunch of question marks. This lady's been in this company for forty years. Oh my god. Hi she's like, What is this? And I, I immediately text back, it's like, sorry, my little sister had my phone. Oh my <laughs> god. My sister tried to, works tried for to me. Pit, tried to oh my yeah, god. Yeah, but it was like I was like Ah, I gotta slow down on the airdrops. Yeah, we gotta. What chill. are the What are the odds? It's absolutely six a.m. flight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody in the company's there, and I'm like, "What? The? Chicago? Wild? Huge ass airport?" So, dude, that's all I got, man. It's an hour in. Yeah, dude, uh, we well, ripped a good, lot. Good cast. Yeah, uh, you know. Shout out your shit. Shout out. Yeah, say you follow me on uh, at Kenyon Comedy on Instagram, on TikTok. Uh, Fuck you, Dad podcast. New episodes every Monday. We're available anywhere you listen to podcasts, and uh, yeah, perform all over. Check check me out. Do you have any new shows coming up that you're gonna be doing? I am going to be at the Lincoln Lodge uh, next. They uh could be. We don't 20- drop that fast. Never mind. Okay. Well, never mind. Well, you can go to my Instagram. Uh, I'm posting where I'm at all the time. I've got new clips every week. We're so gonna work up to it. We got like a, a fucking. We record far out. No, that's what smart. Yeah, because yeah, we're not like Rogan or bigger podcasts. No, that's smart. Yeah. That's so what, I'll like run do. out of guess. So I keep yeah. a big database. No, that's smart. Yeah. So it was dope having you on, bro. Thanks, Thanks for coming out. Absolutely.